For a number of years now, there's been a view that the South African equity market hasn't had that much to offer by way of decent returns, and so offshore has been all the craze in the interim. But following the COVID equities crash of last year and the improvement in valuations in the domestic market, the conversation is shifting slowly to the notion that indeed there may be value to be had from the local market. I'm joined on the line by Hannes van den Berg. He's co-head at SA Equity and Multi-Asset at 91. Thanks very much for joining us, Hannes. So the view has been that South African assets have been struggling to beat inflation for the past five years or so. What's your assessment of how the domestic market has performed over that time, perhaps excluding 2020 and 2021? Good evening. and Thanks very much for the opportunity. Sure. Um, global markets was the place to be over the last few years, three to five years over the medium term. Uh, as offshore assets obviously have outperformed local as- assets, um, more specifically the SA Inc., the banks, the retailers, the property companies in South Africa, and then obviously you know to 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 be exposed offshore as well as the fact that the rand has weakened um, over that time period, as you say, relative to to the last few months, that weaker rand and strong global markets have been a better hunting ground for, for South African investors. The, the shorter term, last three to six months, that story has changed a little bit. Um, but but definitely over the medium term, that was the place to, to invest. Yeah. And so we fast forward to 2020 and now. What's been the reality in terms of equity markets performance? Yeah, the South African equity market year to date is up 13% uh, um, relative to most developed markets where those equity markets are up a single digit. Our SA government bonds in real terms give you, you know, well, a nice, nice return relative to inflation, inflation being around 4.5% and you can get 9 to 10% and maybe even a bit above mm-hmm. some of the SA government bonds. And our view and our investment philosophy is one where we, we look at behavioral biases of, of investors and our view is that, you know, if you listen to the same television channel or, or radio channel or read the same newspaper or go to the same website every day, you, you, you struggle because of sort of a confirmation bias. You read the same things over and over, and therefore it's very easy to have a negative view on, on South Africa. And people maybe because of a lot of headlines over the last five to eight years have, have got that very negative view towards South Africa. And one of yeah. the benefits of nine, at 91 is we, we leverage of our global colleagues, the guys who sit in London and Hong Kong and other parts of the world, we look back from there towards South Africa and say, guys, you've got a, a, quite a lot of good investment ideas right under your noses. Mm, yeah, so a different point of view. So from your professional investment point of view, what stocks are looking like they could have good value in the South African setup? Yeah, both. I've mentioned bonds, um, but you know, offer good good value at these at these levels. But domestic equity as well. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned the, the likes of the SA Inc sector, but some of the companies that recently reported, a company like Truworths gave just short of four rands earnings for the first six months of the year. Mm-hmm. The market is expecting four and fifty to five rand for the full year. So suddenly the market realizes, okay, well they've delivered in six months what we thought they were going to give us in the in the full year, and the market starts adjusting their forward earnings expectations higher. We tend to believe that as the market adjusts those earnings expectations higher, the share price follows. A stock like Motus, um, you know, vehicle dealerships linked, um, delivered five rent earnings, five rent seven cents earnings for the first six months. The market was expecting five to six rent for the full year. So now suddenly the share price has gone from 40, 50 rent 
to close to 90 and rand and above. And that's because the market had moved their earnings expectations to nine rand and 10 rand per share. Yeah. And the share price follows. Mm. I see that um, you're, so, so they are. I see that you're highlighting the mid caps more than anything else. You think that's a better place to be because, of course, there's more scope f- for growth than something like your NASPERS. Yeah, because of because of 2020, a lot of the earnings basis of companies were halved. I mean, the, the earnings expectations for, for companies went down 40, 50, 60 percent, and the share prices followed. So companies that had a decent market cap, you can argue, are now mid-caps because of the, the sort of share price movements mm. that we've seen um, during the pandemic. But but yeah, that is a good hunting ground for, for retailers. Um, but, but but having said that, I mean, our commodity producers, uh, the, the likes of the Anglo-American BH Bulletin and the whole platinum sector, Impala Platinum, Sabanya, those companies have also been supported by very strong supply-demand dynamics for their commodities. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the NX expectations was also exceeding to the upside. Um, and the share prices have, have handsomely uh, no, shareholders have, have, have benefited from being invested in some of those some of those companies. So mm-hmm. I would say some of the resources and some of the SA Inks we haven't discussed. Uh, you know, we can talk more about retailers, or we can talk about the banks and financial companies. Offer very attractive return profiles from here, yeah, from an earnings perspective, and are, are very reasonably priced at the moment. Mm. But I suppose the key thing is that uh, even if you do decide to take an interest in these stocks, you've got to be in for the long haul. Yeah, as I said, the basis was shot and share prices followed to, to very low levels. And what we're seeing is a strong recovery in those earnings profiles and, 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 and share prices. And now you have to ask, okay, so how does that play into 2022 and 2023 into mm. the, the medium term? We tend to think that this country was given another lifeline because of high commodity prices, uh, you know, lower deficits, lower issuances. Therefore, the rand is a lot stronger because our fiscus is in a much better position. Um, and, and we tend to think that, you know, coming through this, the consumer is also uh, savings rates have gone up uh, because people due, due to lockdown yeah. were, were more at home and less on entertainment. Consumer income is more resilient. Credit health is better than expected. So household consumption, uh, together with a, a positive current account surplus, is, is, is a big tailwind for consumers and, and, and for interest rates that are 300 basis points lower. That's quite a big injection of of liquidity um, and as I said strong commodity prices because of global markets being well balanced um, you know gives an opportunity potentially for, for this to continue into the into the medium term you know? yeah um, lots of tailwinds for global markets as well as South African market so with offshore investment having been the craze in recent years and valuations going through the roof particularly in the United States what needs to be the strategy there especially given that one day the stimulus rug will be removed which could see some counters come back down to earth in terms of their valuations yeah what, what we saw is different in this crisis relative to maybe 2008 is that a lot of the stimulus, monetary and fiscal stimulus, went straight into the bank accounts of consumers, whereas in 2008 it went to inject liquidity into the banking system. Mm. So a lot of the stimulus have gone directly to the to the consumers and, and we've seen a lot more speculation earlier on in the cycle than maybe one should find. It. You know, usually after a recession you get a recovery and then the growth and then there's euphoria that follows and then a lot of speculation come into markets. So this time around People would be familiar and remember the GameStop event that was in January of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, ETFs being quite involved in markets, and as money, because of because of all the stimulus that was going on, you know, found its way into markets and ETFs. Uh, you know, as money flies in, those those products just keep on buying the equities, irrespective of the price and the fundamentals that are linked to it. So, it's a it's a great opportunity for active fund managers to find mispriced opportunities and also to sell those opportunities where we feel they've overshot to the upside. 
Um, you know, passive funds have little discretion. Um, they must invest that 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 is those inflows. Whereas active fund managers, you know, get, can get to do the work, fundamentals, and then find confidence in their ideas, and then allocate capital to do that. And to do that better than most others, you have to depart from the crowd and, and think differently and think outside the box and find those new opportunities. That was Hannes van den Berg. He's co-head at SA Equity and multi-asset at 91.